1: Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Happy day before Friday and day after hump day. Uh, The weekend is just around the corner. It is Thursday and I am so glad to be here and so honored that you decided to join me and my crew on this Jussie Smollett day. I think it's fair to call this Jussie Smollett Day. If earlier in the week was International Women's Day, today is Jussie Smollett Day. A court uh, judge is gonna hand down Jussie Smollett's sentence for uh, faking a hoax crime, a racial hoax crime, uh, today. And so we kind of push back uh, the taping of, of, of this Today Show, trying to give the judge and the court proceedings enough time to issue a sentence uh, we don't know the sentence uh, right now as I'm talking to you. Perhaps at some point over the next hour as I break down uh, the Jussie Smollett situation, uh, we'll we'll learn that verdict or that sentence and, and we'll incorporate that into the conversation. But I'm gonna start a fire uh, discussing Jussie Smollett. I think, I think, unless I ramble on for too long, I'm going to bring on Shamika Michelle and have her help me address it. And then uh, Uncle Jimmy and I will have an approval rating on uh, Jussie Smollett. And I think Shamika has an Ask Uncle Jimmy question that uh, we'll do in the back half of the show. I think she wants to ask about Brittany Griner and uh, things related to Brittany Griner, who's locked up over in Russia. So uh, sit back, kick back. Hit those subscribes and likes. If if you're on, if you're listening over Apple, give me that five star review that you know that I deserve. And make sure you're out recruiting uh, for the Fearless Army and tell people to come join us. We need more subscribers. We need more people downloading our podcast over Apple. Uh, you need to be out recruiting and you need to be getting your uh, Fearless Army swag at shopblazemedia.com. Uh, so do all that while you sit back. And enjoy this uh, campfire that I hope will turn into a blaze as I uh, continue to talk about Jesse Smollett. Uh, Jesse Smollett reveals <clears throat> the fraudulent convictions of the grievous of the grievance industrial complex. Today, as Smollett faces sentencing for the racial hoax he orchestrated three years ago. The Grievance Industrial Complex's leaders are rallying around the man who undermined the credibility of their life's work. According to the New York Times, the Reverend Jesse Jackson is gravely concerned about Smollett's safety if he's incarcerated, stating in a mercy letter to sent to the judge that Smollett, quote, is a well known nonviolent black. Gay man with Jewish heritage. End quote. Oh, let me run that back one more time. Smollett is a well known, non violent, black gay man with Jewish heritage. Well known, black gay man with Jewish heritage. Oh, he's also non violent. Everybody knows that well-known nonviolent black gay men with Jewish heritage should not suffer harsh consequences for their crimes. I mean, Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King sacrificed their lives so that well-known nonviolent black gay men with Jewish heritage could try to incite racial division and unrest without fear of legitimate retribution. According to the New York Times, Jesse's letter, uh, not Jesse's letter for Jesse, went on to say, Jesse has already suffered. He has been excoriated and vilified in the court of public opinion. His professional reputation has been severely damaged. End quote. Uh, The scorn of white people, Smollett and his supporters classify as bigots is punishment enough, according to Jesse Jackson. Jesse is not alone. Derek Johnson, the president of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, otherwise known as NAACP, also penned a letter pleading for the judge to show mercy on Smollett. The black civil rights community has not excoriated or vilified Smollett. The actor remains a hero among activists who claim to have dedicated their lives to uplifting black people and protecting our reputations. In December, a jury convicted Smollett of lying to police about a racist and homophobic attack in Chicago. Smollett orchestrated the hoax, paying two black men to help him stage the ruse. The jury convicted Smollett of five of six charges of felony disorderly conduct. His maximum sentence is supposed to be around three years in prison. Jackson, Johnson, the NAACP, and other alleged racial justice advocates are asking for Smollett to receive no jail time. Their position makes little sense given their alleged line of work. Jesse Smollett undermined the work of civil rights organizations. He undermined the credibility of every black person who alleges he suffered bigotry. Smollett is the boy who cried wolf learned no lesson. He's expressed no remorse. If the black judge setting his sentence does not acquiesce to the pleas of Jackson and NAACP and chooses to send Smollett to jail, the actor will claim he's a victim of a racially discriminatory justice system. Smollett still sees himself as the victim and a victim. I mean, he's a well-known, nonviolent black gay man of Jewish heritage. How could he not be a victim? The American system was set up to destroy him. How Jesse Smollett managed to slip through the cracks and become a celebrity millionaire is a mystery we may never solve. On a more serious note, Smollett deserves three to six months of jail time. If Jackson and Johnson were serious about advancing the cause of black or colored people, They would have excoriated Smollett three years ago, and they would be infuriated today because Smollett has yet to express an ounce of remorse. Could you imagine someone trampling your life's work and not being outraged? Jackson's alleged lifelong mission is fighting racial discrimination. His Rainbow Coalition is based in Chicago, where Smollett pulled Is stunt. Listen, I, I get it. I understand that Jesus forgave Judas, but I bet the other disciples are still fuming. Jesse Jackson isn't Jesus. Jackson is the Judas who betrayed Dr. King's life's work. Jackson and Smollett betrayed black people. Perhaps that's why they remain allies. One is an actor. The other is an activist. You figure out which is which. Had Smollett's hoax been believed, it would be easy to imagine rioting in Chicago, a city already plagued with violence and racial division. Jackson calls himself a minister and says his rainbow coalition is about bringing people together. See Smollett lied and attempted to spark, spark division. Christianity is about truth and unity. Smollett's lack of repentance marks him as an agent of Luciferian chaos. And this is who Reverend Jesse Jackson is pleading for? We should not be surprised. The grievous industrial complex is completely fraudulent. It's built on hoaxes, distortions, and misinformation. Melina Abdullah, a founder of Black Lives Matter in Los Angeles, she penned a mercy letter for Smollett. Has there been anything more fraudulent than the LGBTQ movement's use of BLM as a beard and Trojan horse for an agenda to destroy the nuclear family? Smollett, Jackson, Abdullah, and Johnson are all soldiers in the BLM LGBTQ+, Alphabet Mafia. It's their sworn duty to protect the welfare of well-known, nonviolent black gay men with or without Jewish heritage. All right, that's my fire. Now I'm gonna fan the flames, as I'm prone to do. I'm sitting here today, pondering the question, if at any point in his life, if Jesse Jackson, was sincerely interested in the legitimate advancement of black people. I'm sincerely asking myself today if the NAACP, which was not founded or funded by black people, white Jewish people funded W.E.B. Du Bois and others, to start the NAACP. I'm sitting here wondering if at any point the NAACP was legitimately interested in the welfare of black people. Because where they are today, and what they do today, I can't see it. Jesse Jackson is a well-known, alleged civil rights activist, because he was on the balcony when Martin Luther King Jr. got shot. Fate, I hate to call it luck or whatever, placed him at the scene of one of the most horrific racial crimes in the history of America and vaulted Jesse Jackson to prominence. Was this really his life's mission? Or was this a life mission out of opportunity, a chance to gleam uh, off the reputation and build a career off the reputation of Martin Luther King Jr. I know there are many people right now saying, well, that's a no-brainer, Jason. He was never really about this. It was always a grift. There was a time, until when I was young, I didn't think it was a grift. I didn't like everything Jesse Jackson did, but I thought he was sincere. But I'm looking at him rally around a man who just took a dump on everything Jesse Jackson and the Rainbow Coalition are supposed to stand for. And they're rallying around Jesse Smollett? Oh please God, don't, don't let him go to prison. Don't let anything happen to him. He's a nonviolent black gay man with Jewish heritage. I mean, could you imagine writing that sentence or that phrase in a letter? Black nonviolent gay with Jewish who writes and thinks that way. These are all the qualifications for for why he deserves mercy. Nonviolent, black, gay, uh, Jewish heritage. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is a minister. And I'm not saying Jesse Jackson shouldn't be asking for grace and mercy for people who have done wrong. But Jesse Smollett has never taken any responsibility for any of this. He made a fool out of black people and has never apologized, never said he was wrong, never acknowledged how dangerous it was what he did. And we're rushing and writing letters pleading for mercy for someone who made a fool out of your life's work? and has never apologized, has never accepted responsibility. And then for a minister, literally, a minister, the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Jussie Smollett being gay has nothing to do with this, and particularly from a minister's perspective. Jesse Smollett Lack of remorse for doing this type of wrong. Never taking responsibility. He's marked himself as a Luciferian. I'm just sorry. That's Satanic. If his racial hoax had been believed, you can guarantee there would have been rioting and looting and arson and death in Chicago. Guaranteed if he had been believed. And he's not so dumb that he didn't realize that. And so for people to, oh, he was just trying to draw attention to himself, and it was harmless. It was harmless because he got busted because he was an idiot. And the story he told was so outlandish and foolish that police could see right through it. Stevie Wonder could see right through it. But what he was trying to do, his intent, was create chaos and racial division in Chicago and across the country. And so what minister, knowing that this man's motive was to produce chaos violence and racial division. Never apologize for it, never acknowledge it, never take responsibility for it. What minister was it? Let me throw on my Superman cape and defend this man who's standing on lies. Christianity, a biblical worldview. It's about truth and unity that comes through truth. That's the the grace and mercy and all the, the forgiveness that comes with embracing Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal savior. It starts with the acknowledgement, the acceptance of truth, the promotion of truth. Because truth produces unity. Lies produce chaos and disharmony. And a minister is writing letters to, oh, my God, this man is black and gay with Jewish heritage. Take mercy on him. He's been excoriated and vilified enough. By who? People he doesn't respect. People that he and all of his supporters have labeled as Klansmen or, or the black faces of white supremacy. The people that he allegedly represents. The people came. They haven't excoriated him. They haven't vilified him. He's not disgraced in their eyes. They require nothing of Jesse uh, Smollett, nothing. He doesn't even have to admit that he did it, and it's obvious that he did it. He doesn't have to apologize for what he did. All he's got to do in Jesse Jackson's eyes is be black, gay, with Jewish heritage. Black, gay, with Jewish heritage. See, This is why I'm questioning everything about Jesse Jackson and the NAACP. Has the agenda always been black, gay, and with Jewish heritage? Or should we say black, gay, with Jewish funding? Is that the agenda of the NAACP? Is that Jesse Jackson's rainbow coalition? Has it been dependent on black, gay, and Jewish funding? Who else, who would think to write that in a letter to a judge or a letter to anybody? Not a minister, not someone who really believes in God. It's not sound. It's not biblically sound. It's not based in truth. It's based in distraction and excuses and rationalizations. Oh, Jesse, he he's black and he's gay and Jewish heritage. He he's experienced so much trauma in his life. This clown is an average actor worth millions of dollars with all this celebrity and well he ain't even 40. But he's been oppressed, and his life has been miserable. We need to quit this clownish ish. So I just I don't know what type of sentence he's going to get at this moment. I, I tend to suspect he's going to get a slap on the wrist. That he's going to get probation. I believe he deserves jail time. Now, I don't. I'm not someone that thinks you know a year or two, although it could be justified. There are people like, hey man, whatever f- you falsely accuse someone of and whatever punishment they could receive, that's the punishment you deserve for falsely accusing them of that crime. And that makes a lot of sense to me. If you falsely accuse, and that, that's where it gets gray for me with justice because, you know, there were no perpetrators, and so the, the, the people that attacked him were mythical, and so no one faced, they were never gonna be able to solve the crime. But he basically sentenced the city of Chicago or tried to sentence the city of Chicago to more rioting, looting, violence, and racial division. That's what he wanted to happen three years ago. He was going to nail himself to a cross and sit back and cackle and roll a blunt while the city burned over something he paid for. That's a serious crime. And I don't care how many people try to rationalize, oh, no one got hurt. It was just lying to police. I saw someone on Twitter uh, earlier today talk about, you know how many black men were lynched or jailed on false allegations from white people a hundred years ago. We need to let this one go because a hundred years ago or 50 years ago or last week, some white people did something wrong and they got away with it. So justice got to get away with it. That's the only way to make it fair. That's a devil's mentality. You have been infected with so much racial animus has been planted in your mind and so many people have told you you're a victim and the only way to even the score is by making someone else a victim That's a devilish mentality that's a satanic mentality that you that has been poisoned into your brain and spews out of your mouth. Jesse Jack, Jesse Smollett does not get to walk because 60 years ago, somebody white did something wrong and got away with it. They, they it's just like, didn't, didn't they go after the, the, the people that uh, brutalized Emmett until? didn't they, they got convicted like 30 years after the crime. the woman that ma- she's been disgraced sometimes justice is late but you know we have no problem going after people that commit crimes and false allegations and so to me Jesse Small and again i'm not i don't think it should be 2 3 years but he needs to be set down somewhere for 3 to 6 months sitting in a cell Dealing with the, and it's primarily because, and and this is where I can get up to, in my mind, justifying a year. He's never apologized. He's never expressed remorse. He's never taken responsibility for the serious, demonic actions that he took. Guy needs to be punished. Uh, Money, slap on the wrist. Oprah or one of these other clowns, if it's a fine of any kind and he can't afford it, one of these, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama may step up and pay that. This guy has been pampered, spoiled, coddled, handed things he doesn't deserve for far too long. But I I wanna make one more point about the grievance industrial complex. And 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 it's primarily an industry run by elites, almost exclusively. The grievance industrial complex, this whole little, uh, well, white people did this, or this whole little, oh, America's systemically racist, oh, uh, you can't get ahead. The whole people to just keep that conversation going and going, it's elites trying to benefit themselves. Those of you who are working class, those of you that have factory jobs or work at the post office or or work at jobs that don't have all the corporate white collar pressure to meet diversity, inclusion, and equity standards. These elites aren't talking about you this whole grievance industrial complex, although it may feel good to you to hear it. Oh, they sticking it to white people. It's not benefiting you in any way. It's benefiting them. They are using it just like they stood on the back, neck and head of George Floyd to get promotions at work. That's how the elites use this, not to help you, and I'm sorry this is gonna make some of y'all uncomfortable, but it's like, Maria Taylor was the prime example at ESPN. How she used George Floyd to get that NBA countdown show at ESPN. And how she used George Floyd to get a big payday from NBC. That's what this is all about. Elites Who are already making a lot of money, who are already living in highly uh, predominantly white zip codes, they go on TV and complain about racism and then go home to their white neighborhoods and their white communities and their gated communities and, and tell the white folks they live around something completely different than what they just said on TV. But they use George Floyd and any of these other uh, racial issues that the media drums up to protect themselves and to throw a guilt trip on their white bosses. You better give me that promotion in the name of George Floyd. You better bring someone in here uh, uh, to start a diversity, inclusion and equity uh, middle management program and give five or six black women jobs to oversee our quota system, six-figure jobs. There's universities paying three, four, $500,000 to, to have black women come to their campus and start a diversity, inclusion, and equity. That has nothing to do with working class people, black people in particular, nothing. The diversity, inclusion, and equity programs at these universities. Nothing to do with 94% of black people. It's For a small little handful of elites to use and so they can land their six-figure jobs and can sit around and their, their primary job is teaching white people how to avoid all the race traps from, uh, from saying anything that offends uh, black Twitter. That's their job. They're not producing anything. They're not curing cancer. They're not fighting the common cold. They're not building anything. They're there to advise white people how not to say something that ends up on Twitter. That's their job. So uh, they'll never tell this to you. They'll never explain it to you, but it's just a fact. They're all fighting to be Steven in Django and advising. uh, What's the the dude's name? Cooley or uh, Candy, Candy. Calvin Candy. That's their job. Whoever has the title and please, I'm going to state this. And so start here and we're gonna cut a clip. Whoever has the title of head of diversity, inclusion, and inequity, he or she is really Steven from Django. He or she, his job or her job is to advise their white boss on what the Negroes in the field might be thinking or doing, or the other Negroes in the big house, what they might be thinking or doing, and here's how to keep them calm. That's their job. Whoever at your company has that title, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. My job is to report to Mr. White folks and tell him how to stay out of troubles. And they sitting in Mr. White folks' office right now, we sick, boss? You need me to rub your feet? That's who the diversity, inclusion, and equity person is at your job and at your university. And then they get to go to ribbon cutting ceremonies for whatever gesture the corporation makes to keep Negroes happy in the big house. I'm sorry I even said anything about the people in the field because literally, It's all about keeping Negroes in the big house happy. Well, you better throw so-and-so an extra butter biscuit, boss. He's mighty upset. You used the word boy. I know you were talking to your 12-year-old son, but he overheard you say boy, and he thought you were talking about him, and he's mighty upset. Throw him a butter biscuit. That's the job of the diversity, inclusion, and equity person at your company. And that's the Grievance Industrial Complex. That's been their primary contribution to American society the last 30 or 40 years. They've created a bunch of mid-level HR department running diversity, inclusion, and equity people who, generally speaking, are part of the Alphabet Mafia, and anywhere the big boss goes, they run right behind him. Don't step here, don't say this, don't do that. Oh, don't use this word. Oh, don't serve watermelon, someone could get offended. Oh, we better not put fried chicken on the menu, someone could get offended. That's their job. That's how they improve, improve society. Clowns, all of them. Using race to move ahead and protect themselves. They're not serving black people, they don't speak for black people. Let me tell you about uh, my friends Paint Your Life. Now that you can get out and travel and take vacations again, you're gonna be taking a lot of pictures. With Paint Your Life, you can turn those new memories into art. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price or combine photos of people or places you love into one painting. Look at what Paint For Your Life did with a simple photo of Uncle Jimmy and me. Uh, (laughs) This is awesome. I think you've seen it before if you've watched the show. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Text the word FEARLESS to 64000. Text FEARLESS to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter the most. Get someone you love a very special gift from Paint Your Life. All right, when we come back, Shamika Michelle, hurts. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's roll out to uh, North Carolina and bring in Shamook show. Shamika Michelle, and let's see if uh, she can help me fan these flames. I think I started a fire. I fanned the flames. Uh, Let's see if Shamika can throw some gas on it. Uh, Shamika, uh, I'll start here. Do, Do you think Jesse Jackson in particular, NAACP in general, do you think they've ever really been about advancing black people?
2: No, I don't think they have. And when it comes to the NAACP, they just made that obvious when they gave uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle the president's award at their latest award um, ceremony. And when it comes to Jesse Jackson, I think Jesse has always been a plant. He's a plant now and he's always been a plant. When you look at even the Rainbow Coalition and his desire to get every color and gaze and you know arabs and Jews, everybody together in what should have been something that he claimed was a a black initiative he's never really been for black people to me Jesse has always wanted to just be in the limelight and use black people to get ahead
1: sadly i i mean I, based off what I just said, what I, I, I believe, I believe it. I, I think that, you know, that I don't know if I want to go down this path, but I, I've seen, read, watched things that 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 have made me suspicious of everybody who was on the balcony with Martin Luther King uh, in, in Memphis, and so you know, it, it certainly rings true to me about Jesse Jackson. It it it's you know, I guess I've been more sympathetic towards Jesse because I always thought, well, he's better than Al Sharpton. Uh, Well, now I'm not sure if he's better than Al Sharpton. Uh, You know, at one point, Jesse used to pretend to still be a minister, where I think, like, Al Sharpton has never really pretended to be a minister. Now, he's carried that name Reverend or whatever because it it enhanced him, but he he never pretended to be a minister. But Jesse used to. What do you think about my take that this whole grievance thing is really just a tactic and tool that black people in middle class or the upper middle class, the elite black people, it's just a tool for them to use at their job, at work, to advance their own careers. It has, they don't care about George Floyd they don't care about Jacob Blake, they don't care about none of these people. They're just tools to be stepped on and used to advance their own careers.
2: I totally agree with you, Jason. And for all of those like hopping on the bandwagon for this Jesse Smollett thing, I don't even understand how it makes sense when a Jesse is saying because he's you know, well known and because he's black and because he's gay. I have a lot of friends that fall into all of those categories that would say that's a lie. And when it comes to this inclusive you know, training. Yes, these are people that just want to push their own agenda. You cannot say that you care about black people, but your primary concern is everybody else. That's why I don't even buy into the saying black and brown or BIPOC. I hate all of those sayings. I just don't like them. And I think they use certain things to pull on the heartstrings of black people. Jesse has the push, uh the Push Coalition, People United to Save Humanity. Yet he has offices in cities with the highest crime rates for the murders of black men, Chicago, Detroit, New York. Do you really care about black people? We go back to, you know, Crystal Mangum when Jesse jumped on that case, which was a high profile case with Duke lacrosse students. He jumped on that. Yet this young lady is now serving prison time for murder, which if he really cared about her, he could have gotten her some help at that time. Instead, he just wanted to be seen. Anytime they come out and claim that it's all about Black people, but I actually see them including things you know that don't have anything to do with us, especially the LGBTQ agenda, it it throws up a red flag for me. Gay is not the new black. And I'm sorry to say that, but it just isn't. The plight of gay people is not the same as the plight of black Americans, uh, you know, a foundational black Americans or our black ancestors. It's not the same. It is a tool to just, to me, open up the doors for pedophilia and everything, as you would say, satanic. And, And they use us to do that.
1: I think, and, and we won't know as of this taping because this, this Jussie Smollett sentencing is going long. It started late. Jussie Smollett was late to his own sentencing deal Not by a few minutes, but he was still late, disrespectful. He's an elite. Do, <laughs> do you think Jussie Smollett should get some jail time for what he did, or do you think he should just get a slap on the wrist?
2: Initially, Jason, I thought jail time would be paradise for him. But after watching his behavior, you know, never really admitting what he did, even today, they said that his attorney is still saying when he was attacked, although it's already been proven that he was telling a lie. I don't think that he has any remorse for what he did. And I think that arrogance has really made me say, yeah, throw the book at him, because He doesn't care. He thinks that he he has no wrong. And because of his status as as an elite or uh, a black gay man, he just feels like he should not have to pay for what he did. And he really could have caused serious race riots with these uh, lies that he told. So yes, at this point, just because of his behavior and his unwillingness to admit that he told a lie and was wrong... I think he should get definitely some time, although, you know, he'll probably drop the soap every chance he gets.
1: Well, he I, he's probably gonna invite little Nas X in to shoot a second, you know, prison video uh why is it but 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 I I'm just amazed at how untouchable I'm looking at Jesse Smollett, how he carries himself. And again, the audacity, now, again, I've had some family that have been a part of the criminal justice system. You just don't show up late to court. You don't do that to a judge. Uh-huh. That, that, that will irritate and, and get some time on your sentence and take any, it, it erases mercy. But I'm because he's, as Jesse Jackson described, well-known black, gay, uh and and with Jewish heritage, I, I think he feels untouchable and above it all, and, and I've seen it, you know, I, I'm gonna throw a sports thing in there, but I can remember when, when Juwan Howard slapped the Wisconsin coach and came into the press conference and act like he did nothing wrong, uh I was like, wow, this dude feels untouchable. And and I'm seeing it from a lot of Black elites that seem to feel like they're above law order consequences it, it's 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 disconcer- it's disconcert it's mind boggling or mind blowing to me to see people operating this way
2: Jason I'm wondering when Jesse said that he has Jewish heritage, was that his roundabout way for saying he's light skinned with curly hair? I just didn't really understand (laughs) what the point of that was at all. (laughs) And so, yes, they do feel untouchable. They feel like they can get away with anything. And it's really sickening to watch this whole. He's already been tried in the public opinion. That's crap. We know that he'll go right back to work if for no one else but for Tyler Perry because Tyler Perry would love to give him a job as a gay, light-skinned, curly-haired Black man, as the one who would rush in and save the woman from the dark-skinned man that treated her wrong. This is all Tyler Perry movies. If you think I'm lying, look it up. Seriously.
1: All right, uh, Shamika, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm going to say I'll see you here in a second because I think you got a question to ask Uncle Jimmy. Uncle uh, All right, get your fearless swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Uh, Shemeika and Uncle Jimmy will talk some Britney
0: Griner. Thanks. must exist in a state of man glorious, as we are protected by the red, the white, and the blue. But remember, the mind is the key. The fearless soldier pledges to place God first and foremost in his everyday endeavors of life. We, the fearless army, are one nation under God, indivisible with freedom and a belief in the american dream the men bold enough to join our movement comprise what we like to call the new dream team we are leaders of our families our churches and And of of this this nation. nation we reject the seeds of division that are planted by corporate media misinformation we affirm that all men are created equal and are endowed with inalienable rights which are granted by our Heavenly Father. We are bound by honor to accept God's challenge, to take the flag and lead, to cherish, to protect, and to nurture the life of our unborn seed. I am a fearless soldier, so shed no tears for me. I am not a victim. I am the man that God made me to be. Amen. All right, welcome back.
1: Uncle Jimmy is here. Yes, sir. Time for our approval rating segment. And uh, for uh, Ask Uncle Jimmy, uh, Shamika has a question uh, or two for Uncle Jimmy. I think they relate to uh, Brittany Griner, one of your favorite basketball players, Jim. Am I not c- correct? Yes. I, you have her post- I love
0: Brittany Griner. <laughs>
1: It's Griner. Uh, Sorry. Shamika, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, What do you have uh, for Uncle Jimmy to think over, ponder?
2: Okay, a wise one. Today I have two questions for you. The first question. Okay, the first question is, should we feel sorry for Brittany Griner?
1: Mm. Mm. Let me give you a chance to ponder that. Just, just No, I'm, I'm going to give a little more context just, okay. <laughs> just just so you can ponder that. Brittany Griner's the WNBA player that's locked up in Russia, uh, got caught with hashish and in her vape pipe at the airport. She's been locked up before the Ukraine conflict and all that other stuff. Uh, and there's growing sympathy among uh, sports media that, You know, there's not enough attention being paid. We're not making a strong enough effort to get Brittany Griner back home. And so, uh, do you feel sorry for uh, Brittany
0: Griner? Hell no. Mm. Brittany Griner has everything in life that I wish I had. I wish I was six foot nine, had the ability to dunk a basketball. Uh, She's got a beautiful wife. (laughs) Had. (laughs) Had a beautiful wife. I mean and you know uh, she, she she's known world known around the world what do, what does she have to complain about if Brittany Griner was a normal Joe blow and went over to Russia and got in trouble would we be hearing about it probably not okay so I can't feel sorry for you when you create a problem that you got yourself into before before she left the United States she you're told what your country can do, can't can do for you when you leave a, when you leave here. You get told, look here, you go over to this other country and you do this, there's nothing we can do for you. Brittany knew this, but she went over to Russia thinking she was going to get that preferential treatment over there like she got over here. And if I, if she, she done found out, we don't care who you think you are, we're going to tell you what you are. There you go. So I don't feel sorry for her. I'm mm. done.
1: All right. uh, No sympathy from Uncle Jimmy. Uh, Shamika, do you have some sympathy for Brittany?
2: You know, I think just because Britney thinks she's an important man doesn't mean we all have to. You know, I I, I have basic sympathy. She is a human. I wouldn't want to see anyone mistreated. But I think what we have to realize is that Brittany didn't even want the The anthem to be played before games. But I really think right now she's probably wishing she could hear Land of the Free and Home of the Brave. And I think the whole, you know, outrage about her being black or, you know, her being a woman, that's why she's being treated the way that she is, is just a lie. We have two other prisoners over in Russia right now, one who was given 16 years for, they thought he was a spy, but he was over there for a wedding, and another one for assaulting a police officer. So when you break the law in another country, you—you you, this is a risk that you take. So of course, yes, I have a little bit of sympathy for her just as a human, but I'm going to still eat, eat well and sleep well tonight. Are we ready for I'm questions? I'm going to
1: disagree with, oh. I'm going <laughs> to disagree with both of you. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I, I, have sympathy for Brittany Griner. I think that uh, any woman on the planet who grows up to be six foot nine, I think that's a hard life to, to hope. I, I, I think that. Is is just extremely difficult. That again, because it's outside her control. If she were fat like me, that's something she could control. Eat less. Uh, and but but when you are born, and the next thing you know, at in fifth grade, you're a, a woman, and you're damn near six feet tall. Uh, you know, I, I, I so that just. Her whole life experience, and I know she's had success as a basketball player or whatever, but, but that, that's such a small little element for women here in America. That I don't think there's really any uh, advantage to a woman being over six feet tall or six foot one tall. I, I just, once, once that happens, you're, you're in a tough spot. And I, I know, uh, I went to high school with a great high school basketball player. And a very good college player, a woman named Linda Godby. I think Linda was six foot four, or six foot six. I think Linda was six foot six. Very beautiful young woman. Just, just think about she's six foot six. Who's taking her to the prom? Who's and Linda's attractive, and um, you know, even now to this day. Uh, and so I just I think that's such a difficult life to be that tall and a woman and to find your place in this world. And so it doesn't justify uh, why she seems to be self-medicating with drugs and things like that. Jim, you don't think it would be hard to be sick?
2: Let Uh, me do the music for you. Why Jim is doing that, play your violin. (laughs) That's the monster.
0: Jim, I know you're short, but damn, man. Hold on. Let let, let me me get this, Mika. Let let, let me get this, Jason. In the words of Justin Timberlake, crummy a river. me a river. Man, I could give her, I could get, I I don't care. I really don't care. Let me be honest with you. You're talking about she's six foot nine. You know what? If she's six foot nine, you know what she should have done? She should have changed her eating habits. That's what she should have done.
1: How? What is that going to do with her height? Going to weigh her down and she won't get as tall? Is is that, if I I had eaten less as a kid, I would
0: be taller? Is that what you suggested? Maybe if you'd have eaten less women
2: knew this I, I felt it that it was going wrong
1: <laughs> and it <laughs> did let's it. move on to you have you yes. have a second question uh I, I have, please yeah.
2: <laughs> I have a second question so there was an article put out Uncle Jimmy where the author said that or the, the person that wrote the article said that if this was Tom Brady this would be getting more attention so you can answer that, but I also would like to add if she had pretty privilege, let's just say like Skylar Diggins, would this be getting more attention here in America?
0: Mm-hmm. And I could answer this and say in one word yes. It's real simple. America loves Tom Brady, okay? They like Britney Grinder, okay? It's I'm a big sure. difference. I, I think they're ambivalent about Britney Griner, but go ahead. Okay, it's it's just a big difference. Okay, Tom Brady is a god in this country. Okay, Britney ain't nothing but just another guy. Okay, so another who guy. Do, do you understand? This is what I'm saying. If she was if she were five foot
1: eleven, you wouldn't make the guy and man jokes. But because she's six foot nine. You're comfortable making that joke?
0: No, I'm comfortable making that joke because she has a wife and a child. Come on, man. I'm not putting (laughs) her in nothing. Hey, Matter of fact, you feel sorry for her. She got something me and you ain't got. (laughs) I could crack a joke, but I'll say a wife. (laughs) Seriously, she's got a wife. How do you feel sorry for her? Would you like a wife? Okay, then. Come on, man.
1: Back then I would have, but
0: now I would. <laughs> when I was her age, no. Uh, <laughs> but but to, to answer your question, Shamika, the answer is yes. Tom Brady would be treated differently, and you're absolutely right. Let's keep it real. Tom Brady is a lot better looking than Britney Grinder. Okay, so yes, he, America would treat this situation differently. You're right. Mm. Shamika, your thoughts?
2: Well, I have to agree. Uh I would say this, you know, I think that comes to when we talk about how women, especially black women, we like to portray ourselves as strong. When you put yourself out there that way, people tend to treat you that way. So with her walking around, not only being 6'9", but tatted up, having this, you know, a lot of women walk around that try to be men with the slouch posture and walking as if they actually have something hanging between their legs when they don't. I think people do tend to give you exactly what you put out there. That's one of the reasons why I like to say I'm resilient, not strong. I can take a lick and keep on ticking, but I am your ultimate damsel in distress. Please come and help me. I am feminine, female, and I need you. So I think when you put that out, that you're equal to men or you're like a man, you get treated like one. So I do think there would be a difference if there were it was a more feminine female in her position.
1: Well, and and this goes back to why I'm sympathetic for for Brittany because I just think at six foot nine, I'm not sure if she was given the option of being feminine. She was blessed with all this size and the lane for her. Again, in corporate America, have have we seen too many six foot nine female executives or any doing anything? She had a lane to go into basketball. That's kind of a, a masculine sport to some degree. Uh, obviously, there are some very uh, beautiful uh, female basketball players who do maintain their femininity. Uh, Skylar Diggins is is a great example and I great example and and I think that if this were Skylar Diggins the way the American media works uh, there would be more attention on it because uh, I've said it forever masculinity and attractiveness are what work on television and that's the reason why ESPN is struggling is because they've eliminated all masculinity from their air. Uh, You have former athletes on uh, talking to Instagram supermodels and it it just feminizes and emasculates the entire conversation. And the next thing you know, they're crying on TV and they're trying to get in touch with their feelings and everything has a feminist point of view. Uh, And so ESPN likes the good looks, but they also... um, are emasculating their men on air and with the whole conversation and masculinity and attractiveness work on television uh, I, I Brittany Griner would certainly be getting treated differently if it, I mean if it were Tom Brady not just because he's an icon as an athlete but Tom Brady's good-looking and uh, you know just I can't believe no one said this instead so the question that should have been asked if if it was Giselle Bungeon locked up over in Russia would it be a bigger deal? And yes, it would be. It would be nonstop. Nancy Grace would be doing live remotes from Moscow, uh, holding candlelight vigils uh, <laughs> if it were Giselle Bungeon. Why are you shaking your head, Jim? it any, would have never happened. Any t- well, I get it, but I'm saying. Giselle's yeah. a witch. She would have saw it coming. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as many, again, if you think these little white girls that get lost in the Bahamas or on these little vacation islands and, and Nancy Grace can milk that, if that was Giselle or or literally any attractive woman over there, uh, we'd be, you know, we might send Navy SEALs over there to rescue her. Uh <laughs> if it was the right one. Uh so
2: hopefully Jason I, I, when uh Brittany comes back, you know, RuPaul is getting older. Maybe we can actually get a female in that position.
0: <laughs> actually I think they're starting up another season of Orange is the new black. They're trying to cast her in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's gonna be the coach of the basketball team. <laughs>
2: Well, she has a job right here. We can keep the, her from the this. Will be a rudge. different
0: version of the longest
1: yard. You <laughs> <laughs> the longest three pointer. <laughs> oh, y'all this is that? terrible. <laughs> the woman's Gosh. in prison in and Russia, man. Me. This is a sad story.
0: Yeah, thank you, Shamika. It's terrible. Yeah, the longest three pointer. I'm gonna write that movie script. Look, let me tell you something. I I, I guarantee you, she ain't as happy as what y- she ain't as unhappy as what y'all think she is. <laughs> It might be a whole oh, Hey, look, Juicy Smolay sitting up here right now, like, you know I did wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shamika, we're going to let you go. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, Shamika. Juicy Smole. Uh, let's do this very quickly, Jim. Yes, sir. Let's go yes, sir. through our approval rating for uh, Juicy or Jussie or, or as I call Whatever it. Whatever the hell Jim. he is. Hussey <laughs> Uh Job performance. <laughs> I'm giving Hussey a zero. Damn it, I just need, y'all got, y'all taking me to a negative place. Jussie, uh, I'm giving
0: him a zero in job performance. See, we see completely, I give him a 25. And I'm being completely free. Because this show has been Juicy Smolay all day. That's all you've talked about. Fame whore, huh? Horror, huh? Hey, mean. I mean, hey, look here, man. He's doing his job. Everybody talking about him, right? He's an actor, right? He, this is PR. Any news is good news. He's, you know, hey, the boy's in Hollywood. He got it like that.
1: Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, character, uh, we have some agreement here. The man has
0: no character. None. Okay, for, first of all, uh, let, let's see. First of all, I give him zero for character. Oh, we okay. agree. That's good. Because yeah, anytime you get on the stage, anytime you get people riled up over a, a, a fake hate crime, okay, and, and you ain't got no character. Okay, to me, this dude did one of the most selfish things in the history of gay pride, okay? Folks was about to riot because of what he did, and I'm really serious about that. You, you know, honestly, it, you call yourself, oh, I'm standing up for gay pride. No, you're not, you're not, you, you own some, you, you care about your pride, and I think it's too serious for what he did, so I'm done. He faked
1: a black hate crime, not a gay hate crime. This all is of maga
0: it. country all too. of it he, he does, and i'm They're serious he did a disservice to everything man to, to everything accordingly you did a disservice to the country and our and our law to our constitution
1: i agree uh authenticity
0: i'm at a zero damn you're at a zero too there's nothing authentic about Jussie. Smith. nothing man there's nothing authentic about it man okay it's not about gay pride like i said it's just about juicy's pride and what do you what do you what do you say what does the bible say Pride goeth before the fall. Uh, It factor,
1: uh, because of what you said at the beginning, he is getting a lot of attention, and that is his drug of choice, attention. Uh, So previously I had him at a zero. This time I'm going to move him up one point and give him
0: a one for uh, it factor. Uh, I'm going to give him a ten. Okay. First of all, have you seen some of these people? Ten, I'm ten. giving them a ten. First of all, have you seen some of the people this dude got speaking up in? Yeah, I talked well, about it. and That's what we've been talking about. Well, well, look, this, this dude got Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, who, who else he got? Reverend L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else he got? Uh, uh, Action Jackson. <laughs> I mean, who? Uh, uh, Stonewall Jackson? <laughs> Lamar Jackson? I don't. Come on, man. What? Well, no, he's hurt. So. All right. So
1: uh, I've got him at a three dumpster fire. Uh, Jimmy you got him at 35 dumpster fire I still think you're a little high uh, even with a dumpster fire
0: but uh... all right can I say this before you go one thing about this whole trial and with Juicy Smollett the one thing that I think he would have had a better chance at and have a better outcome and what he was hoping for he was hoping he got a hung jury probably thought he got a different outcome (laughs) alright that's it and that's all we'll see you tomorrow
2: The right sign, looking like it's my time, feeling all kinds of freedom. These words are our religion, our regrets, and our decisions. We all want to go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom.